Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hi, everyone. This is episode 75. Sorry, guys. I thought I'd sing it out to you. Why? Because I'm a weirdo. And this week, I want to talk to you guys about a new to me paranormal series. Like, it's new to me. It's not like actually new, but it's as brand new to me. Uh, is a new author for me also. Um, and I've read the first two books and so far I'm really, really, really enjoying it. So I want to talk to you guys about the series from Thea Harrison called The Elder Races. Yes, that is what it is called. The Elder Races. Um, the first book is called Dragon Bound. Um, and let me uh, read the blurb to you guys so you, you can have an idea of, of, of what it is. Okay. The first novel in the New York Times bestselling Elder Races series. Half human and half were weird. Whatever. I'm calling it weird. Pia Giovanni spent her life keeping a low profile among the weir kind and avoiding the continuing conflict between them and their dark fae enemies. But after being blackmailed into stealing a coin from the horde of a dragon, Pia finds herself targeted by one of the most powerful and passionate of the elder races. As the most feared and respected of the weir kind, Dragos Quelebre cannot believe someone had the audacity to steal from him, much less succeed. And when he catches the thief, Dragos spares her life, claiming her as his own to further explore the desire they've ignited in each other. Pia knows she must repay Dragos for her trespass, but refuses to become his slave. Although, she cannot deny wanting him body and soul. So that, friends, is book one. That's book one, okay? And I... How did I find out about this book? Oh, someone else I know. Um, I believe her at on Instagram is Zeris. Z-E-R-I-S-S-E. But let, let me confirm that for you. So I'm not a liar and you're like, Esther, this person does not exist. Why you make Estefab? Nope, I was correct. Uh, Z-E-R-I-S-S-E. She was talking about it. And I was like, dragon? Dragon? You know, I was like, like, my head popped up and I was like, mm, let me go see. And, and the blurb, I was like, mm, okay, sure. And then I started reading it and I was like, oh. Oh, oh, I like this. Oh, this is, this is a yes for me. Um, so that's how, um, I found this. So, so thank you very much for that. Um, okay. So I'm going to read you guys the blurb for the second book and then I'm gonna give you my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. The second book is called Storm's Heart, right? Storm's Heart. This is book two. Able to wield thunder and lightning, Weir Sentinel, Thiago Black Eagle, has ruled the skies for centuries. His massive build and thunderous power make him one of the Weir's best weapons. And he's the one sent to pretend tricks. Ooh, I think I said that whole sentence wrong. And he's the one sent to protect tricks heir to the dark fae throne when she's almost assassinated in Chicago. Soon, Thiago and Trix will fall prey to the stormy hunger that engulfs them, a passion that will shake the very foundation of all the worlds. So that, my friends, is book two. Uh, so, I like paranormal. Um, there is something, I think what I enjoy... Or one of the things that I enjoy about paranormal um, is that you're able, you're able to have characters that really sort of push, sort of the bounds of reality. Obviously, in the sense that there's things like people who can fly, dragons, all that jazz. But also, the stakes can be higher, 
uh, characters can run close to death, if not die, and be reborn. And it isn't like, you don't go then like, really? How? Because you are aware that you're reading a paranormal book. And so in a paranormal world, characters of a non-human race could, you know, get shot 70, you know, be like 50 cent, get shot 50 times and not die, right? But we all think like when we hear that, we're like, okay, 50 cent is a, is a, is a, is an anomaly, an outlier. Most people would get shot 50 times and be dead, dead. So, but in a paranormal, you may have characters who are, I don't, I don't know, whatever you want. Pick, pick a, pick a creature of the night and they aren't going to die or they're going to, the heavily injured scene will not end in tragedy um, and therefore allow for happily ever after or happily for now because this is not a regular human body, right? This is not someone a regular, regular person whose aorta has been cut. This is the aorta that has been cut from a vampire who heals at the speed of light. And so, you know, stuff like that. So there's the chance to have, you know, really crazy, intense scenes that in a quote-unquote contemporary, you'd be like, bitch, they're dead. <laughs> what is, what? What are you doing? They're dead. They've died. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is not their romance. Ah, uh, you are Nicholas Sparked me, and I did not want to be Nicholas Sparked. <laughs> oh, what the fuck, <laughs> right? So those, those stuff like that, or in a historical where you're just like, you what? Uh, there's no technology like this. What's happening? So you're able. I feel like both the author can really sort of push the envelope, and as a reader your willingness to go along for the ride is you know is a well obviously you're willing or else you would not be reading what is the word i'm trying to say there's a word there's a phrase Eh, it's gone it'll show up later and i'll be like this this is what i meant but in this moment it's not here so as 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 I was saying, I like paranormals. So when I saw like Dragon, I was like, oh, um, I've read Dragon Shifter books that I've been like, yay. And then I've read others where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Burn, Horde, blah, blah, yada, yada, yada. Don't care. I think what really has stuck out for me, at least within these two books, um, the characters feel really really relatable in a weird way and I say that in the sense like uh the main couple from book one Pia Giovanni right half human half weird Dragos Colebre and I'm always gonna say like that because I'm weird he's a dragon like I mean why would I think of a dragon or some you know half-breed person oops shouldn't have said that word whatever um is relatable but there's something okay i forgot the first book is definitely set in new york city um and so parts of that fully i was like yes i can and it's interesting because it's like it's a new york city that has like a magic district like does the new york i live in have a magic district if it does i've never seen it which doesn't technically mean it doesn't exist because i feel like if there were people who could practice magic they would make sure to hide that from us i digress i digress um there's just something really the characters didn't feel sometimes i've read shifters where the dragon character doesn't feel like a real character it feels like a caricature of a dragon i'm like ah yes yes flame fire blah blah dragos is very much a character that is because Dragos is not a young character, right? Dragos is is old, like born when the the galaxy is kind of created old, um, and so him being fascinated by something because he it's like when you are so powerful and so rich, like boredom sets in, right? You can buy what you want, you can do what you want, like. 
no one's gonna eat like you're not struggling to survive like life is good so boredom can sit in and so in the process of this book you see how he's kind of like at first fascinated by something by someone who doesn't bore him and then you know what happens there now both books have the faded mate trope and the forced proximity trope and i say that in obvious maybe because it's a paranormal the and the weir are essentially what i would consider shapeshifters or um because dragos goes between his man you know male human whatever form and his dragon form tiago is um a thunderbird like a literal bird of thunder (laughs) um and you know so they are you know so i wonder if that concept is rooted in this idea that animals mate and mate for life yada 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 not all animals but some um or if in general the author was like in a paranormal world you can have this idea of two characters meeting and it not just be about feelings but also be about this like specific like you know each is the key to each other's lock and once they meet it clicks and connects um now it isn't an instant you know they see each other instantly or mated no it it starts with dragos is like this pia person has done something that no one's ever done this is it this is new this is different i'm enraged and then i'm not enraged because i'm actually curious and this is kind of interesting and kind of you know almost like well this is kind of fun like and then as they're trying to figure out all of all the things that had to have happened for her to be able to get to his horde they are thrown together which is where we get into the forced proximity um and it is very much a forced proximity of they're on this journey together they have to rely on each other to protect each other and of course all of that is going to foster feelings because that's the point and i think it's interesting because when I think of a contemporary, like, two people running for their lives, sometimes I like those. Sometimes I'm like, nope, don't want to read this. Keep it away. Whereas in Paranormal, I'm always like, give it to me. Give it to me. They're fleeing from an evil whatever, whatever. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, They're on a road trip of some kind. They're hiding out in dingy motels or they're hiding out in, like, you know, five and 17 star, you know, on suites the size of like a borough, like whatever it is. Like, yes, something about it, that happening in the paranormal setting I, is like my catnip. I really enjoy it. So th- there's so much of that in that first book. And I think I'm not going to say what Pia's weird half is, because I feel like that's so integral to the story and if like me you're just finding this author i don't want to ruin it but i do think what's really cool is that both pia and dragos are one of a kind in this world they do not there is no one else like them which i think is really interesting because in other uh sometimes uh when you're reading other paranormal sort of shifter books it's like you're reading about sort of um, clan and pack dynamics. So wolves or bears or, you know, pumas, jaguars, panthers. I never know which one is which. Um, so the idea of two characters who shapeshift into another, you know, into an animal being and they are singular. They are not a member of a group. They are members of a group in that, like other weir, they change into a weir form. But there are no other weirs like them. And so they find each other and are mated to each other. That I really, really liked. I I thought that was... I thought that was so well done in the sense that... um, They're... The two of them coming together felt really like... 
Like, of course, these two people who do not have anyone else like them end up being everything to each other, right? Um, something about that, I was just like, oh, oh, okay. I can get behind, I like, yes, yes. We can go with this. Me likes, me likes very mucho. Um, so yes, I really did enjoy so I read it, right? And I'm, you know, it's mainly set in New York. There's Brie Foray down, I think, to South Carolina, I believe. Um, and I'm in this world, of course. The there the paranormal sort of or the paranormal races who do not like being called that. Um, that becomes apparent in the second book. Uh, so there's like the weird, which I, you know, people shapeshift from animal to human. There are both dark and light fairies. So dark fairies, light fairies, which I thought was really... And it's not about dark fairies or just evil because they're dark. It's more like dark fairies have an affinity to, I believe it's metal. Light fairies have an affinity to something else. It might have just been light or glass. I don't remember. Um, So it's more of a like, your coloring is different if you're light versus if you're dark. And you have affinity to a specific, like, whatever. But it doesn't... Because in some some books in that world, in that book world's lore, a dark fae is just an evil person. Straight up. It's just like, you're dark, you're evil, done. In this world, it's like, no, no, no. There are evil people regardless of what they are. Like, evil is just evil. Um, but dark and light fae, it's just that they're, they're literal, actual coloring. And what they have affinity for there's also demons i believe which is i know i'm oh vampires spelt with a y instead of an i and something oh vamp and then a pyre like burning because they burn under the sun to ash okay okay um and i feel like there's one more um, but I am blanking eventually when I get to the rest of the books, because I definitely do want to read, um, all of the books in the series. So far, I've gotten through two and just borrowed the third, but I'm enjoying it. So I, I plan to go through the rest. So I'm sure I'll meet more members of other, other, uh, elder races, uh, in future books. So book two, right? Book two is Storm's Heart, which is Thiago. And the blurb says Trix, but Trix's real name is, I don't know if it's Ninian, Ninian. I'm going to call her Nini Ann, right? Just N-I-N-I-A-N-E. I'm going to call her Nini Ann. That's how I'm calling her. You might be like, that's not how you say it. Oh, well. Oh, well. That's how I say it. Um... I also really love their book. Uh, this, I feel like the setup for their book is very clear and blatant in book one. There is a scene in book one where I was like, so are these two gonna, do they get a book? Do they get it? Oh, what's happening here? What What is this? What is this? And then book two was like, let me deliver on what I, 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 you know, at the breadcrumbs that I laid for you, they have led to the meal. Um, and I think so sim. Okay. So there are some similarities to the first book in that, again, we've got two characters who are fated mates. Um, what I think is really interesting because Pia meets Dragos and then end up falling for each other. Tiago and Trix slash Ninian, have known each other for quite some time. She has been Dragos's um PR person for like almost, you know, almost give or take 200 years. And Tiago has been like a sentinel for Dragos for I don't know how long. And like Dragos, he's not necessarily born of when the, the galaxy was created, but he is significantly like, see, we're talking centuries old, uh, which I think is really interesting because there are brief moments where he's kind of like, and she's like, okay, I'm not a child. And he's like, you're like 200. 
and change. And she's just like, exactly. And he's like, I'm like thousands of years old. And she's like, okay, well, like, whose fault is it that you're old kind of thing? So in book one, when I saw that scene, I was kind of like, well, what, what is, where, what, how? And then I started reading book two and I was like, yes, (laughs) okay, we're getting this. So again, faded beans. Um, And I think it's really interesting that I don't think Tiago had ever thought about ever being mated in any way, shape or form. I don't think it ever occurred to him that that could even be a possibility for him. Um, but once he realizes he, it's, he doesn't, uh, I've read books, especially where there's that whole faded mate component or, or just in general, there are, are male main characters who realize that this other character is their everything and freak the fuck out and are just like, oh God, this cannot be, oh no, Ah, and are just like unwilling and cray cray about it. Tiago wasn't like, oh shit, I'm starting to really feel something for her. Let me disappear. He was kind of like, well, at least like I'm here with her. So it's great that I'm feeling this way, which I, I personally really liked. Um, also in this one, because Ninian is now, um, in this book, she is about to take the dark fae queen throne or whatever. Like, she is the heir, and it's pretty shitty story. Her uncle is hot garbage. Luckily, he did, did. Um, and so, as opposed to Pia and Dragos, where they are running from you know a lot of crazy shit um but you know dragos already you know rules all of where kind and has been ruling all of where kind and so in that case ps right has to step into like what would it look like to be with someone who rules all of whatever in this case Ninian has been, you know, doing PR and now all of a sudden has to become this ruler of this, of her people and has to sort of figure out who to trust. And in the midst of all of this, right, Tiago is there. And I do think at the beginning, I think she's very kind of like, he's here for a brief second and then he's going to be gone. And in that respect, it's more of him having to prove to her, like, I'm not going anywhere, you weirdo. And she's kind of like, oh, my God, but when you leave, how will I handle things? And he's like, but who's leaving? Like, who said anything about leaving? Like, where did, what are you talking about? Um, And so the two of them, so their forced proximity is a little bit different in, like, there's an assassination attempt. And so he's literally there as, like, a bodyguard, right? Um, And so similar you know in in true bodyguard fashion of course they fall for each other um but it is a bit it's so it's i guess what i'm trying to say it's interesting in that you have almost very similar tropes in these two books but they read completely differently because the characters of course are different and the you know sort of what's going on for both is very different right p is more finding her way in this world that she doesn't know very well whereas Ninian is also having to find her way but I feel like the stakes for Ninian are even higher than they were for Pia just because of like the reality of having to take on a throne um and not just mating to a thunder god <laughs> um and so in both books um I do like that the author does sort of, um, because there's a scene in this book that clearly makes it very clear what the next book is going to be and who's going to be at the forefront of that. Like, had they not been the next couple, I would have been looking at the book like, well, so what was that? What was that? Was that a red herring? Because, uh, <laughs> what? No, she was very much like, I'm going to be blatant about this. 
If you don't catch this, it's because you slow. That's okay. Um, I caught it, so I'm not slow. Um, and yet, even with that very, like, in-your-face, like, look at, um, each story feels very specific to those characters. And you get to really understand more of the world through each character. Um, I think similar to Nalini saying, you learn about this world as you spend time with characters as opposed to just being, you know, overwhelmed with information about this world that doesn't necessarily mean anything to you because you don't know what's going on. You learn more and more about different aspects of this world that kind of looks like ours but isn't really because you're spending time with different characters and seeing what they're going through, seeing what they're dealing with um, and how that's sort of playing out. Um, which I, I really do enjoy that sort of world building, like where it isn't just like a word vomit of like info. And then I'm later trying to be like, wait, is that what, how do I piece these things together? It's more of, um, you learned so much about sort of how New York we're kind and all that is set up because you were spending time with Pia Dragos. Then you move, you shift to spending time with Ninian and Tiago. And so you're learning about the Dark Fae and the the issues that... And I will say, because a lot of this is focused on right before her coronation, you don't even necessarily spend a, much of any time with like the Dark Fae populace. But it is very clear from everything that is happening that... The Dark Fae populace is at a, you know, they're at a point in time where Ninian is going to, you know, be ushering in change. Um, and it's, it ends in a way, the book ends in a way where you are very much aware that her and Tiago have their work cut out for them um, because, you know, everything that's going on. Oh, because also Tiago is where aka shapeshifter she is not right she's a dark fae and interestingly or maybe not interestingly there is very much a like y'all can't be together and then tiago's kind of like you could try to keep us apart but i will kill you so <laughs> i mean do your best uh, try hard it will it would still fail but try hard um and so there's there's that sort of like dealing with that um because this isn't there are some paranormals where the concept of a faded mate regardless of everything else is almost like celebrated like but if you find your mate like oh my god this seems to be the kind of world where it's like this isn't really talked about and it doesn't happen with the regularly with a regularity and so as it is happening now that it's happened to both Dragos and Tiago, it's a, one of those like, oh, oh yeah, that can happen. And, oh, okay, this is probably a good thing. But there are people who are kind of like, but what about the good of the, you know, the people, the race? And it's like, how am I going to be an effective and decent ruler if I'm miserable? Think, think, use brain. Um, but yes, I I definitely really enjoyed both books. Um, I enjoyed both main character, main male characters. Okay, there is one slight um coming from me. The my only a little bit of like pero moment is both Dragos and Tiago are described as being massive dudes, like six four plus, dark, right. Uh, Dragos, I think, almost sounds like, you know, dark-skinned black man to me with, like, golden sun sun, sun eyes or whatever. And Tiago sounds like a, almost like a darker Native American. And yet both of their women are, like, really pale and, you know, basically white. Um, and really, really pale. And there's a part of me that's like, oh, but could we not, um, could they not have people who are a little bit darker? I, it just, for me personally, did strike a bit of a chord. 
But book three, it looks like the female main character in that is, you know, um, darker. Not quite very, very dark, but darker. Um, so I'm willing to be like, okay, so you're just whatever. Um, but yes, I did, I did enjoy them. And I just enjoyed being in the sort of paranormal world that is both familiar and not familiar um i think uh when i was talking about the um historical romance episode the first one where i more or less focused on the you know the uk i think i had mentioned the fact that like even though all authors are obviously writing what they want to write there are sort of unspoken the world building in those books is very fascinating in that there's this sort of, oh, and I believe Shelf Love Podcast was talking about it on Twitter. This idea of what that world already looks like that spans across the almost the subgenre as opposed to a specific body of work by an author probably going what so in historical romance there is the especially if it is set in the united kingdom aka england ireland to a very 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 small degree and scotland um and for purpose of this i'm going to speak about like probably regency maybe georgian era there is it is well known or it is expected that there are going to be members of the peerage so dukes and marquises whatever viscounts viscounts whatever um barons whatever there are going to be modistes some modistes are going to be from france literally some are going to be from the english countryside but will have affected both a french name and accent to be able to command a higher uh, price point. There are going to be taverns. There are going to be gentlemen's clubs. There's going to be Almax. And Almax, because it was a real place, is sort of a place in the landscape that sort of let is one of the many things that lets the reader know this is where this is set, Right. Um, there are going to be balls and there are going to be calling cards and butlers and there are going to be carriage rides in Hyde Park. And there are going to be carriage rides in Hyde Park where a male main character may use that carriage ride as a way of signaling to everyone that they have chosen a bride without letting on, without actually expressly stating it. And there are going to be characters, female main characters, who aren't going to be aware of that slight tidbit and not understand that they have, you know, that it has been announced to everyone who is everyone that that's what's happening. So, but this doesn't, this information isn't just in one book. This information sort of permeates books of that time period, right? And so it is... Authors are able to write in this time period and in some ways almost take, I wouldn't say take shortcuts, but the world building isn't a complete and utterly new construction from the author. Um, It is a world that is built upon already known and established things. Um, In Paranormal, there is both that and not that and you're going gay and what i mean by that is okay here's a really cool example in stephanie meyer's world vampires sparkle like diamonds in the sun they do not burn to death and that is why they hide from the sun not because they're literally going to burst into goddamn ashes but because then they're going to sparkle and people are going to know they're clearly not human because ain't nobody else 
looking like they just dumped in a pool of glitter when they walked outside. But if you go into the paranormal world of a different author, vampires may very well die as soon as they have contact with the sun. J.R. Ward, for example. J.R. Ward vampires can't go out in sunlight. Like, they will die. Die, die. The only people who are able to handle sun are Beth and Butch because they, you know, well, Beth is half and Butch was turned because he's descended of a vampire, but it's not a vampire, wasn't born a vampire. Um, so in that world, vampires very much creatures of the night. Um, but it's also, but it's different from other vampire where they can't just bite someone and that person turns into a vampire. It ain't how it works. You're either born one or you're not born one. Boom. So there are things, so within paranormal, there's things that like can be part of the almost a subgenres world building, right? So the idea that um, there are sparks of light when a character shifts or morphs from human to their non-human form and back. Um, there are ones where it's actually really painful, some where it's not painful. There are authors who give you a world where there are multiple kinds of non-human races as in there are fairies and vampires and demons and and then there are worlds where it's like no girl there are just people who shifted to animals that's it there are no demons there are no vampires that is also you know a made-up thing um so what i think is always interesting when i'm reading paranormal especially from different art authors I'm going to say artist, but whatever, you know what I mean, um, is how, not how, the decisions that an author makes in terms of their world and like, what are some of the things that they, like, what are some of the decisions that they make? Like in Thea Harrison's book, like she has made the decision that you've got, you know, the weird kind, they shift, but we're talking not just like regular bears or wolves or not even honey badgers like Shelley Lawrenson we're talking about like Dragos is a dragon from when the you know the universe was created but what <laughs> like Thiago is a fl- a thunderbird um there are griffins like the choice of it not just being regular degular animals but also very like in 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 and of themselves very um paranormal animals um the the i really actually i'm gonna say it i really really like that dark and light fae has nothing to do with both goodness or badness or you know being evil or, or not being evil but it literally is like Dark fae have darker hair, paler skin, light fae, you know, look like surf bums kind of thing. And, you know, their affinity to certain things is different. Whereas there are paranormals where it's like, there are light fae. And once you become dark fae, you're basically evil, demon spawn, death becomes her. Um, and maybe you can't be redeemed, um... And vice versa, there are authors who are like, in my world, people shift into animals, and that's it. Um, And the world might feel very, very contemporary. I feel like this, the Elder Races um, series, in some ways, feels like a regular contemporary with, you know, some romantic suspense thrown in. But then once you factor in some of the more paranormal aspects, you're like, hold up. There are things happening in this world that I didn't expect. Uh, what didn't mention it earlier, but the earth that is in this world, there are pockets of what is called the other lands. And in those lands, like magic, uh, it you know, reigns supreme. And that is where a lot of, I guess, the elder races either come from or draw their power from. Um, 
and but those pockets are just like randomly throughout the the earth that we know and I think that I always think it's really interesting when authors are able to like take like in the case of New York City and being like here's the garment district near or no here's the magic district near the garment and Korean districts like if you were from New York and you know where the garment district is you know where the Caribbean or Caribbean sorry Korean district is then you can then picture sort of what the author's talking about when they're like and this is the magic district obviously you know you can't just like walk there and find it but it grounds it in a way while still being very much a paranormal book and so reading different paranormals um i get to see how different authors like what decisions what decisions they make in terms of what what parts of the common lore they're going to use or not use right um in thea's books because book three i've started it uh the female main character is a vampire vampires fully do burn up to ash in the sun so she has made the decision that these vampires in her world burn when they're exposed to the sun no question about it therefore the way in which those characters act and how they interact with the world around them is obviously going to be heavily predicated on the fact that like we can't go out in sun because we die die. um and horribly too um and yet that's something that she didn't necessarily have to do right she could have made it where in her world that's not what vampires go through but she was like no i'm cool with that that works for me um so yes thought i would share with y'all sort of my thoughts about you know the paranormals because i i i do really enjoy them um i think it's also really cool to read about places that i've either seen or lived in or been in but like what they would look like from a paranormal aspect like um you know imagining like a dark fae kingdom right outside of chicago like what it just it, there's something because this also could have been set in an earth that looks nothing like the earth we know without the cities that we know um so i i definitely you know like where she's going and i'm really really curious to see like what happens with other characters right book three is rune who we've met in both book one and book two and um he is then who comes after it's rune and is it carling is that her name name is always so weird i'm always like but yes carling so it's rune and carling are book three um book four um is grace and khalil I'm like, okay, Grace and Khalil. Uh, book five, which I haven't met. I don't think we've met either. Oh, we might have met Khalil in book two, if it's who I'm thinking of. Um, book five. Actually, book five, it looks like we go back to um, Dragos and Pia. So there's a nice, like, we get to visit with them again. Book six, we've got Eric. I don't know if it's Ariel or Ariel. I'm going to call it Ariel. And Quentin, who I'm pretty sure we meet him in book one. And we've de- we meet her. But we've seen her so far in book one and book two. Um, and over when I met her, I was kind of like, when does she get a book? I want to know what happens with her. Um, because it seemed very interesting. Oh, the library is not showing me book seven. Because why would they like make my life easy like that? <sighs> Sometimes I swear book eight is julian and melisande julian the night kind oh we i've heard of him but i don't know anything about him yet and melisande uh never heard of her yet book nine shadows end is oh belluvial and graydon ah 
Graydon I've met in the very first book. Belluviel, you don't know who he is. No idea. What is who? Belluviel, no idea. Um, I like it. Okay, okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, you're probably like, girl, what? So yeah, I'm definitely curious to see what all the other other books. Oh, and it looks like she's got novellas. Oh, that's cool. Okay. <gasps> she has a novella with Dragos and Pia's son. <gasps> oh, that's cute, guys. Mm, I like that. You're probably like, what? And then there's another novella with Pia spending time with the Light Fae Queen. And okay, yeah. Oh, okay. See, I like when I've got like so many options. Like, it's just like, yes. So, yeah, those were my thoughts. I'm going to pause here and then I'm going to come back. So, gratitude attitude. Okay, thanks. Okay, so gratitude attitude for this week. Um, so the first one could be TMI, but whatever, I'm going to share anyway. Um, one of the things I'm really grateful for this week, my period showed up and it wasn't a literal hellish nightmare for once. It usually it's like the first two days I feel like I'm being murdered um, and then the, the next three days are kind of like, you know, they get better with, you know, the intensity of the murder. But this one really truly was just four days, which almost never happens to me. And it was just, you know, not like the literal ending of my life. So, woo! Um, second thing that I'm grateful for this week. Um, I got to sleep in yesterday, or no, not yesterday, today, whenever, day that is Sunday, yes, <laughs> you're not listening to this on a Sunday, but whatever, you know what I mean, um, listen, I think I hadn't, you know, you know when, I don't know if this is happening to you guys yet, but uh, you're waking up when your alarm goes off, or right before your alarm, and even on the weekends, when you haven't set an alarm, you're still waking up early that has been happening a lot but uh sunday no i i i slept in until like almost 10 30 and it was glorious i was like ah yes yes this is nice this is the life this is the life and then the third thing that i'm grateful for so i'm recording this on sunday and um, it's father's day and luckily um I was able to see my dad on Google Meet, right? Um, and I'm I'm really grateful and thankful to have my dad and to have the technology on both ends. Not just like, well, I have the technology. Like, I have the technology and my parents have the technology that we are then able to communicate um, even virtually um, because... It really, it really means a lot. And um, I'm still not sure when next I can go visit. Uh, if anyone who is listening to me as a Canadian government official, could we please do something about vaccinated people coming and going? Um, I'd like to not quarantine for 14 days. Just saying, just saying, if there's, if there's anything you can do. I would be, you know, ecstatic. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was really, really great to be able to see him and chat with him, even though we are miles and miles apart. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me this week. Um trying to think if there was anything else I needed to tell you guys, I don't think so. Um, I pretty much... Oh, nope, nope. I lied. I lied. If you're listening to this 
I'm going to be posting something that I think is pretty fucking cool um, on Monday, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, um, on my Instagrams and on the Twitters. I'm, I am very, very fucking excited about the thing that I'm going to be posting, but I can't really tell you until I post it tomorrow. Ew, is this a bug? (gasps) Sorry guys, as I was talking to you, a bug decided to land on me. I hate bugs. How did a bug get in my house? Bugs like, bitch through the window. And I'm like, bitch, I'm going to kill you. Anyway, um, my apologies. <sighs> Tomorrow, I will start, I will be telling you about a thing that I am doing that I'm very, very excited about. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so yeah, check, check my Twitters at some point Tomorrow. I'm guessing some point in the afternoon because I have to be responsible and actually do work in the morning. Sad face. Sad face. But, you know, in the afternoon, please check out my Instagrams um, because I will have something to share with y'all. Uh, okay, so that's pretty much all I've got for you guys this week. Thank you so much for listening, for hanging out with me. If you've read the books, let me know what you think. If you haven't read the books, I think you should. I'm enjoying them, so I feel like you might enjoy them too. Um, and if you're like, but Esther, my TBR is absolutely exploding. I mean, same, girl same that's what being a reader is all about reading books and then having thousands of other books you haven't read yet but are going to at some point before you die perhaps hopefully one can only hope all right guys have a wonderful week stay hydrated yo it's starting to get hot again here in new york so drink that water because dehydration is not cool at all leads to headaches leads to just irritability so and i'm really telling you guys this to remind myself to do it as well because ooh, so easy to forget have a wonderful week